0: Hey there, thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again, God bless you. Um, so I've been, uh, I haven't had sugar since September 1st and I've lost like some weight and this is really good. And so I felt inspired. <laughs> And so I, tried, I was like, I'm gonna try to find it. I was just kind of surfing the Netflix, really, and I found this show, you know? I was thinking, oh, maybe this will help encourage me. It's called uh, Fit to Fat to Fit. Has anybody seen that show before? Fit to Fat to Fit, anyone? No one? A couple of you? Okay, a few of you. All right. So here's the premise of it. I just want to share this with you, and then you'll you'll get to my point. So the premise is that um, they have these personal trainers that are in super ultra shape, right? They have muscles everywhere. They're like John Barnes, right? Where's John's not, John's not in here right now. So uh, they're just they're really, you know, all muscle and all this, and and they're trying to uh, help people lose weight. And so they have their clients that are overweight, um, and so. You know, But the people that are overweight, there's this thing that, well, this trainer doesn't really understand what it's like to be overweight. They've never dealt with um, addictions to food and stuff like that. And so the trainers have agreed to, uh, in this show, to gain about 50 or 60 pounds in four months. They have to gain all this weight. And then four months after that, they, with their client, lose 50 to 60 pounds together. So the, the, I don't suggest people do this. Don't, don't intentionally gain 50, 60 pounds. I'm not, I'm not promoting the show as like something that we should do. Like, hey everybody, let's, I want everybody to gain 50 pounds so that you can help me then lose 50 pounds afterwards. So we're not doing that, but, that, but this is the show, right? So it goes from the guy's fit and then he becomes fat and then he becomes fit again. And that's the whole, the whole premise of the show. And one of the things that I found really interesting is that these guys that are, and girls, that are so fit and have all these muscles, they have a really hard time gaining that much weight. And they're like, they're showing them how much they're trying to eat and stuff themselves to try to just get to this 50 plus pounds. And they're just stuffing themselves full of every uh, calorie that they can find and unhealthy things and shakes and all kind of stuff you know, kind of like the stuff that I usually eat, right? And so just constantly stuffing themselves with shakes and candy and uh, uh, just the unhealthiest stuff you can think of for four months to gain this weight. And they're having a really hard time just stuffing it all in, stuffing it all in, stuffing it all in. It's kind of like Thanksgiving Day, right? Does anybody, you know, stuffing the turkey and the weed get stuffed, right? and you feel like, wow, I don't, this doesn't feel good. Plus, this, these guys are doing it every day for a long time, just trying to fill it all in. And it got me to thinking on how we try to stuff so much into our lives. Maybe not food now, let's talk about just stuffing so much into our daily lives. We try to stuff in so much content, so much things, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad, I have kids, I have a wife, I have a job, I'm in school. Um, we like to watch, we like to play sports. I like to watch my kids play sports. Uh, I like to watch shows. Uh, they like to watch shows, movies. Uh, I, like to, I like to play sports. Um, we, I, I'm in school right now, trying to work on a master's program. I don't know how much more that I could stuff into my life if I tried. Does anybody relate with me here? Anybody feel stuffed? Like, there's so much going on in our lives, and I feel like, you know, uh, I remember when uh, I was pre-kids, and I said, man, I'm so busy, and people would say to me, you're not busy, just wait. Right? And so now, with kids, I I say to single people that think they're so busy, or to young married couples that don't have kids yet, they think they're so busy, I'm like, oh no. You're not busy. You're not totally stuffed. Trust me. You can fit a lot more in there when you wait till you start having children, right? And now I have six of them and life is stuffed, right? There's just so much going on. And then I look at my mother who is an empty nester and she's still busy, right? Hi, mom. Everybody say hi to my mom on, uh, online. She's online. And um, she she, uh, you know, th- life is busy. She's taking care of my grandfather and just just, no, I just find out that no matter where we are in life, we're constantly stuffing ourselves full, nonstop, just filling our stuff just with content, with busyness, just all things. And remember last week I said that busy should be a, a, a cuss word in the church, right? That busy it should not be a good word for us. But the problem with this is that when we stuff ourselves full of all these things, and some of them are actually really good things, But when we become so consumed and become these consumers of constantly just being stuffed all the time, then we miss out on the better purpose or the better calling that God has for us. There's no more room in our lives for more important things. What if God had called us to, and he has something bigger and better for us? I remember uh, when I was pastoring in Louisiana And I got the call about this position up here in New York. And to hear from God, I needed to know that it was him. And I needed to make sure my wife had heard from him too. And in my case, uh, I was talking to my best friend and I said, hey, um, you know, I really like it here. Things are good in Louisiana. Uh, We had been pretty successful in youth ministry there and in in the whole county there. And um, things were good, I was happy. And my friend says, yeah, Rich, things are good, but what if God wants to do something better? I was like, oh, well, I like things good. (laughs) Better? Uh, Okay. I I couldn't imagine that it could be better. And then later that night, that same day, I went to a men's conference, and this guy, the whole message was from good to great, or from good to better. I was like, oh, I think God might be trying to get my attention. God has done good things in your life, but now he wants to do better things in your life. And so it kind of brings me back to this message that if we stuffed ourselves full of even good stuff, but what if God has better stuff for us? Are we trading all this busyness and all this content and all this stuffing for less better? Is that, is that good grammar? Less better? Is, okay. Is it less better? We can really miss out on what God has for us if we don't have time for him. We will miss out on what God has for us if we don't have the time to spend with him. And in Second Corinthians, if you turn it in your Bible with me there, Second Corinthians chapter six, they'll bring it up on the screen here too. I'm gonna start, uh, where am I gonna start in 2 Corinthians chapter six? I'm gonna start in verse 16. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will be with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So... Paul is writing this to the church of Corinth. Let me just give a quick history here, right? Paul's the apostle, he's like the father of all these churches now, at this point. And he is the father of this church in Corinth. And Corinth is a city that was really uh, a big city and is corrupt, right? They've got a lot of bad things going on. In fact, the Christians in that church that Paul's writing to, This is the second letter that he sent to them. In the first letter, he had already warned them, guys, stop being involved in the things you're getting caught up into in this world. They were at that time getting caught up into, there's all kind of crazy stuff going on. There's um, false uh, temple worship where they're worshiping all different types of gods. There was uh, temple prostitution going on. There's all kind of just different, just bad things going on not godly things, ungodly things going on. And so Paul's telling, warning the church and says, don't get wrapped up in this. And he's warning that church because that church was trying to get the best of both worlds. You see, they wanted God, and they wanted the promises of God, and they wanted to live for God, and they wanted all the goodness of God, but they also wanted everything that the world had to offer, too. Can anybody relate? And so they were finagling and and dipping into all these other things that were ungodly, things that were not good for them, things that would harm them, things that would cause them to be unhealthy, things that would cause them to be not fit, but fat. And so they were indulging in all these things that the world had to offer them. And Paul's warning them and says, guys, you can't live this way any longer. You were actually saved from those things and now you've been reconciled back to God and saved those things, the very things that caused you to need reconciliation in the first place, don't go back to them, right? Don't go back in those things that caused you to trip up, to cause you to have addictions, to cause you to have uh, heartaches in your life. Why are you going back to those things? And so Paul's writing this, all you know different places in 1 Corinthians to this church. In fact, a lot of scholars believe that Paul went on an emergency visit to Corinth to try to shake them up and wake them up again because they kept getting, kept being indulged into the things of this world. And so now in this scripture, in the second letter, he's already written a first letter, he's visited them on an emergency visit and now he's writing another time, almost the same thing. Guys, I'm telling you again, stop indulging in all these things that the world has to offer. And so he's, he, he starts off right by, uh, a little before this, but where I started it says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? What is there, if you're the temple of the living God, if God is with you, why are you going and worshiping other things? Why are you putting other things before me? And so uh, then Paul gives these, these promises to them. Uh, I, will be, I will live them if they come out from this. I will talk to them. I will, they will be my people. And, and he says, so come out and be separate. Do you know, this is just a strong call here that I believe that God is trying to get through this message today. The this, this strong call is that God wants to be with his people. I, I'll say it on this side. God wants to be with his people. He wants to be with you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. All the promises in in the whole Bible are for you. In fact, it says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And amen means let it be so. And so all of them are for you. And God wants to be with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He doesn't want there to be a divide between you and him. And so what happens is that we, we believe this. We kind of trust this. We hope for this, yet we stay indulged in all the things of this world and stay stuffed so much that we, can't have, we don't have time for God. And we don't have time for a relationship with him. And we don't have time to, for the things, the better things that he has because we're so caught up in the maybe even some good things and some evil things mixed together. Am I talking to anybody? Is anybody like this? Has anybody found themselves like, oh yeah, that's, that's kinda like me. Well, I know it is, because it's kind of like me. I find myself wrapped in the busyness of life and the, the constant turmoils that come up and the constant busyness and just, and where is their time for the better, for Jesus? And so, Paul is saying to the church, come out from them and be separate. And actually, he's referring to an Old Testament text where God is saying this to his people that says, come out from them and be separate. I don't want you to be like the world anymore. I don't want you to, you can live, you have to live in the world, but I don't want you to be among the world. You don't have to look like the world. You don't have to smell like the world. You don't have to dress like the world. You don't have to talk like the world. I want you to come out and be separate from them. And he says, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. You see, the very things that Jesus died on the cross for, the things that uh, we touched that were unclean, those are the things that separate us from God. Come on, can can we get real for a second here? When we sin, it puts a wall, a wedge between us and God. It puts a separator. There's like this now chasm between us and God. And it's not Mm -hmm. God that put it there. God wants a relationship with us. God's long, the Bible says that God is a fiercely jealous lover. He wants to be with us. And yet when we, indulge ourselves in the things of this world, and we are wrapped up in all these things that consume us, whether we don't have time or because of sin, it separates us from that relationship with him. There's a wall now. And so God is saying, look, I've already sent Jesus. He's is there to forgive you for these sins. So he's saying, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you, so stop indulging yourself in all these things, and so Paul's warning them again, according to what the Old Testament said, in the New Testament, to the Corinth church, stop fooling around in the things of this world. Cut it out, and then he says, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and your daughters. Paul goes a little bit further into this, and he says, you know, uh, he goes, what, what is there, uh, if you back up just a little bit, it says, don't be yoked, uh, in verse 14, do not be yoked with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? And what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And that just, the, Belial, that word is like the enemy. Uh, it could mean the devil, but it also just means uh, an enemy of God. What, what, what is there in common? If you're both living for God and for the things of the world, God's, God's enemy sin, how can they mix together? How can righteousness, God who's holy and pure, be mixed together with darkness? Or or how can light and darkness, or righteousness and wickedness, how can they mix together? Can they be both in the same person and, and work? No. And yet here we are in 2022 still trying to do it. I want God, I know God's got the best plans and he'll, I'll have eternity with him and all these, all these um, benefits of knowing God. We want all the benefits of God. But we also say, but man, this sin, all these things, these are great too. I want those too. And we try to mix them together. Do you think God wants anything to do with wickedness when he sent his very son Jesus to die on the cross to save us from that very wickedness? when Jesus gave his life for us. So he's saying, touch no unclean. clean. Come out and be separate from that. And at some point, we have to grow up and say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this way any longer. I can't watch these things anymore. When I was 16, God really got a hold of my heart. And I loved classic rock music. I listened to music all the time. Music was my life, like that and skiing, of course. I listened to music nonstop. And when Jesus got a hold of my life, I started to realize I was falling in love with Jesus, but I still loved all this music. And I'm not saying music is bad when I say this. I'm not saying that it's all evil or that we should. But in my convictions, they were both mixing together, and it wasn't a good thing. This music that I was listening to all the time caused me to have a bad attitude towards my parents. Sorry, Mom. This, this music uh, gave me like this, this edge that wasn't really godly. The words in it were treating women badly. Uh, all these different things I started to realize and God convicted me of that and I had to make a choice. Am I gonna allow in my life, in my heart, both wickedness and righteousness grow together? Because righteousness and wickedness together is still wickedness. And so God convicted me, and when I was 16 years old, I made a commitment to stop listening to secular music. And I did for probably about 20 years. Never listened to it again. And God did amazing things in my life, and I traded what was, I thought, good for something way better, which was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I fell in love with Jesus way more than I ever did with music that was way better and benefited me, and blessed me, and, and filled me, and satisfied me, way more than music. It was a hard decision. Some of you today, are you mixing righteousness and wickedness together in your life? Are you stirring it together, and trying to mix it up and, and create this, this thing that's really gonna be a monster? What are you stuffing yourself with? What are you indulging in? What are you putting all into your life? And are you making excuses in your mind to justify your behaviors like these guys were doing in Corinth? Are you justifying? Well, you know, it's okay to be obese. I'm, I'm talking about spiritually, right? Even in our world physically, it's okay to be unhealthy. It's not a problem, it's beautiful. Everyone else in America is. I can be like that too. I'm talking spiritually. Everybody else, we can live however we want. Be who you are. (laughs) But there are consequences to living an unhealthy lifestyle. Physically, if I continue to eat in the pattern that I was eating, I'm gonna have heart issues, cholesterol issues, all kind of issues, right? There, there's, that's inevitable. As the older I get, the more issues I'm gonna have with my health if I don't eat healthy. Same thing spiritually. If we continue to indulge in the things of this world, the busyness of life, sin, then there are consequences. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Right, death wreaks uh, sin, wreaks havoc on our lives. It causes hardship. It causes us to be separated from our Creator. It causes us to do things that hurt us and hurt other people. And it causes us to settle for the less, better, the less, better plan that God has, for us. And furthermore, it causes us to be a source of thought pollution too. We start to become negative. We start having attitude problems. We start um, being ungrateful in our hearts. We start complaining and arguing about things. We start living in doubt and fear and all these things start to consume us. Then we start to have unguarded hearts, unguarded thoughts and unguarded speech. The Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And whatever we consume, whatever we put in us, whatever we indulge in is eventually gonna come out of our lives. We leak who we are. We can't help it. And when we put all these things in, all these things will eventually come out. So we need to stop stuffing ourselves with things that are ungodly. You're settling for less. Jesus, God says, come out from them and be separate, touch no unclean, unclean thing. And then in chapter seven, he gives us this beautiful promise, Paul does. It says in seven one, it says, therefore, since we have these promises, I'm sorry, he refers to the promises. Since we have these promises, the promises of what? What he just said that I will receive you, God says. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. He says, so since we have these promises, dear dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. This is, do you have this scripture, guys? Just leave that up there if you have it. In 2 Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. Therefore, if not, I can think you're gonna have to turn in your own phones, get your own Bible. Seven one, it says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. The promises of God are that he will be a father to us, that he will receive us, that he'll have a relationship with us. And we know some of those benefits, right, that he has for us. Benefits of a life, (laughs) benefits of joy and peace and all the fruits of the spirit happiness. If you really want to be really happy in this life, you need more of Jesus. Stop trying to stuff yourself with all these other things that continue to prove empty. If you want to be satisfied with life, you need more of Jesus. God, I need more of you. Stop stuffing yourself with everything else. Stuff yourself with Jesus. Stuff yourself with more of God. God, Stuff yourself with his word. Stuff yourself in prayer. Stuff yourself at church like you are today. Get into a crew. I need more of Jesus. All right, there's this old song, I need more of Jesus, more and more and more. I need more of Jesus, more than I ever had before. I need more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. See, there's no no more, if you can't receive any more of Jesus, we're so full of ourselves. We're so full of everything else. How can we, so we have to, Separate ourselves from these things, cut some things off of our life so that we can instead be filled with Jesus. And then those promises that he will live with us and he'll walk among us and he will be we will be his people and he will be a father to us and he will be his sons and daughters. I loved, still love my mother. I loved my father. My father passed away. But to have that protection and to have that love and to have that um you know, that guard, that protection was is a beautiful thing when you have a good father. And our God wants to be a good father to us, protecting us, watching out for us, just like we sang in that song earlier today. So I'm asking you today to come to God, even if you're not fit, <laughs> even if you're fat, spiritually I'm talking spiritually. Please don't be offended. If you are spiritually out of shape, if you're spiritually unhealthy, if you have mixed wickedness and you're caught up in the busyness of this life, take yourself and all those things and bring it to God. Say, God, here I am. Unhealthy. caught up in all these things, caught up in all these troubles, caught up in all these indulgences and God, I just bring them to you. You know, this place right here, this is the altar. This is a great place to say, God, I've got all these, this heaviness, I've got all these things I've gotten caught up in and just taking it and bringing it before God and come to this place and you could come and get on your knees or you could come over here. I like to come over here sometimes and we have prayer in here for staff meetings. I just come and just lay it right here And a lot of times I'm just like, God, I don't, I'm sorry for getting caught up in this again. I'm sorry for being unfit again. I'm sorry for eating this whatever it is again. This busyness, this sin, this habit, God, here it is again. I lay it at your feet, take it from me and God will come and he will forgive you of your sins. He'll forgive you of that and instead exchange it for love and grace and mercy and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Stuff yourself with God. I know this is a endless wrestle. It seems to me I've been living for Jesus for a long time. I've had the privilege of knowing Jesus since I was, I don't know, maybe five years old. And this is the struggle of living in the world. I get close to God, and then all of a sudden I get bombarded, it seems like, with all this thought pollution and all this busyness and all these things that the world has to offer. And sometimes they're great blessings, they seem it, but then they overtake me and become Curses, distractions. And I know this is the case with all of us. It was even the case with Paul. He writes about this. And in this life, we wrestle with these things. And so I'm proposing to you today to not only come up and allow God to help us with this, but to keep wrestling with this. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, Paul says it like that. Keep fighting for Jesus. Keep fighting off those walls and those separations. Keep fighting against the sin that entangles. Keep fighting against the busyness of life that causes you to be so stuffed that you don't have time. Keep fighting. Because Jesus is worth it. And he fought for you and gave his life Lord God, we thank you so much that you love us and that you wrestled for us on the cross, that you gave your life up so that we could be saved. And God, we're grateful for that. Now in your word, you tell us to not touch these unclean things anymore. You tell us here in this word that we've even read today to come out and be separate. And so, God, we're saying, God, we're sorry today for allowing ourselves to be so intertwined with the things of this world, for touching unclean things again. And God, we ask for forgiveness. God, that you would come and wash us clean again today. Some of you in this place, as the worship team comes, you're gonna need to come down to this altar and make Jesus Lord of your life again. Say, God, I've gotten out from under this covering. I've gotten out from under this house. And I've gone and gotten so entangled in some things, and I need to stop. And, and, and some of you, God just told me, some of you, it's not a matter of physical things. It's in your mind. You've allowed doubt and complaining and fear to take over. And God is saying, that is not him either. An enemy has done this. And you need to come and bring that doubt and bring that fear and bring that... Um, complaining and unforgiveness and bitterness to the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry for being entangled in this again. Bring that to Jesus and let him take that from you. And instead, God, give us peace. Help us to know you, God. Help us to know you. If you're here in this place, maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe Maybe you've Never been under his cover. Maybe you've never uh, had a relationship with him. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you here today and you say, you know what, I need to get started in step one, I wanna say that you're in a good place today. And if that's you and you know that God wants a relationship with you and you say today, I want that too. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I wanna pray for you. You say, I need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. See your hand. Anybody else? I need that relationship with Jesus. I need to ask him to forgive me. I need to ask him today to wash away all the things I've done wrong so that I can have a relationship with him. Would you say this prayer with me? Those of you that raised your hands and all those that didn't, that have a relationship with Jesus, you could say this with me too. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for doing all these things that have caused me to be separated from you. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again to take my place for all the things I've done wrong so that I could be forgiven and be made right so that I can have a relationship with you. I receive that forgiveness today. Thank you, Jesus, amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just did that in this place. I don't know how to speak this stronger. I don't have the words to say, I don't have a. but God wants a relationship with you. And he is tired of, he doesn't get tired. He is tired of you not taking it seriously. He's tired of us being entangled in all the things of this world. And he's trying to wake us up and say, I have better things. I have better things than this world has to offer. Don't go back and indulge in it again. Separate yourselves from those things. Come out and let me receive you again. Let me be your father. Let me be your provider. Let me be your hope. Let me be your joy. That is the voice of the Lord today to us. Come out from that. Some of you need to give up some things. You need to give up some shows or you need to give up some time or you need to give up some habits. And some of you you don't know how you're gonna do it but you need to bring your stuff to Jesus. Say, God, I'm willing to give it up. Help me. I'm so entangled in it. I don't even know that I want to give it up, but I know I need to. God, help me. And ask God for help. Ask people in your crew or ask a pastor. Ask me to help you. We will help you. Whatever you gotta do, God, keep wrestling. Keep fighting because God wants a personal relationship with you. He doesn't want you just to know about him. He wants you to know him intimately. You can know God. You can hear him. You can know his voice, not just know about him. He wants that closeness with you. But he can't do it. You can't do it when you're entangled in all these other things. Come out. I'm going to pray one more time. God, help us. Help us, Jesus, to take your word seriously. Help us to take heed here and to come out so we can have you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.